And I'll say something here. I would like, as we get into the message, I have like 30 minutes, and I'll try to drive the message home. But I have a couple of questions. I have one or two questions that I'll ask, and I'm expecting answers. I'm going to ask different people. Describe your husband for me, or your father for me in two words. Two words. I don't want a sentence. Two words. And I'll just speak anybody. Sister June, can you give two characteristics of Brother Cedric? No, two words. Humble and loving. Excellent. Excellent. I can see that. Sister Vandana, you're sitting next to your husband. Can you describe two words about Brother Jignesh? Caring and loving. I expected those words. Hallelujah. Amara, Brother Kinsley, your dad. Stand up. Just two words that describe your dad. Protective and loving. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Those are words that we can describe our fathers, our spouses. And rightfully right. They're characteristics that Christian men should bear. They're characteristics that you should be responsible. You should be caring. You should be loving. You should be a provider. You should be humble. You should be affectionate. All those are characteristics. Are we together? But does that make someone a man of God? It's not enough to be a man of God with those characteristics. It goes deeper than that. And that's what we're going to look at today. The title of my message is The Man of God. Hallelujah. And I think they have already started doing justice to it with the drama. And I'll read. My text is taken from 1 Kings 13, 1 to 10. If you have your Bibles, please open with me. I have a short time, so I'm going to read the book of 1 Kings chapter 3, 13, verse 1 to 10. Verse 1 to 10. And behold, now this was one of the instances in the Bible in which there was a full description about the man of God in the Bible. And behold, a man of God went from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord. And Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. Then he cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, Behold a child, Josiah by name, shall be born to the house of David. And on you he shall sacrifice the priest of the high places who burn incense on you. And men's bones shall be burnt on you. And he gave a sign. The same day saying, This is a sign which the Lord has spoken. Surely the altar shall be split apart, and ashes on it shall be poured out. So it came to pass, when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God, who cried out against the altar in Bethel, and he stretched out his hand from the altar and said, Arrest him! Then his hand, which he stretched out toward him, withered, so that he could not pull it back himself. His hands froze. The altar also was split apart, and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. Then the king answered and said to the man of God, Please entreat the favor of the Lord your God, 
and pray for me that my hand may be restored to me. So the man of God entreated the Lord, and the king's hand was restored to him and became as before. Then the king said to the man of God, Come home with me and refresh yourself, and I will give you a reward. But the man of God said to the king, If you were to give me half your house, I would not go in with you, nor would I eat bread, nor drink water in this place. For as it was commanded me by the word of the Lord, saying, You shall not eat bread, nor drink water, nor return by the same way you came. So he went another way and did not return by the way he came to Bethel. Praise the Lord. That was the story of a man of God in the Bible. And you can see the message he was asked to deliver. And we're going to look at it, okay? The first thing, the definition of a man of God, what we know, is someone that's a spokesman for God in the Old Testament. Are we together? I'm going to look at it from the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament was spokesman for the man of God and was also known as a prophet. But in a normal, normal day-to-day parlance, we can call him an ambassador for God. Are we together? So you can refer him as ambassador for God if you want to look at it in today's context. Okay? Don't forget, if you go to 2 Peter, you also find out that there was a definition that I was reading. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse uh, 20 to 21. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. That tells us what happened in the Old Testament. They were moved by the Spirit and they spoke the Word of God. Now, what are the characteristics of the man of God? This is what I want you to take home. Now, the man has spoken. And every man is a man of God. Praise the Lord. Why do I say that? Because you have your area of influence that God has placed you. In your home, you're the man of God. In your work of environment, you're the man of God. So what are those characteristics that we're supposed to behold? What are those characteristics are we supposed to go on with? Number one, from what we have heard today about the man of God, he heard from God. Our job is to hear from God. Hear from God concerning what God has entrusted into you. Hear from God concerning your family. Hear from God concerning your job. Hear from God concerning your ministry and your community. We have to hear from God. Our wives cannot hear from God for us. It was our responsibility to hear from God. And of course, to hear from God, there are certain things you, must, you need to do, but I'll, we'll talk about it later. This man of God heard from God before he went and met the king. Praise the Lord. Okay? Before he came and met the king, he heard from God. Are we together? After hearing from God, what next? You obey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you remember when Abraham heard from God? Go and sacrifice your son. The second part was the hardest part, the obedience. What has God told you that you have not obeyed? Concerning your home, concerning yourself. Hallelujah. So hear from God, obeys God with no fear. 
You cannot be afraid to obey what God has asked you to do. Sometimes God will ask you to do something that may sound foolish, but you have to obey God. Number three, he delivers for God. As an ambassador, you're delivering for your king. As an ambassador, you're delivering something for someone. When Samuel went to go and deliver a message to David, a bad message, he must, be, he must have been afraid. Are you together? Especially when you know that the person you're delivering the message to has the power of life and death. He holds it. But you have to deliver it. That's why Matthew 5.37 says, Let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. For whatever is more than this is from the evil one. Whatever God has told you, you have to deliver it as it is. And sometimes, it's very difficult to deliver it to those that are close around you. Are we together? But you have to deliver the message as a man of God. This man was asked to go to the king. He could have gone around and said, I'm not going to deliver that message, but he was asked to. Number four, you lead for God. A man of God leads for God. And that's why you find out in Genesis 18, 19, they were talking about Abraham. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Hallelujah. A very good ambassador. Go and meet any president if you can. Or any monarch. The good ambassador that they like is the one that can go and lead for him and represent him almost automatically. Like he was the person that was there. God is everywhere. But he has put a representative in every household to lead for him. And that was a testimony he had for Abraham. Abraham was to lead his household. And God was able to testify that Abraham was doing that. Are you leading your household? Are you commanding your household how they should go? Or is it your wife that is leading and telling which way direction to go? It's not her responsibility. It's your responsibility as the man of God. I didn't say the man of the household. As the man of God in your home. You give direction. You lead. Don't delegate. You can delegate. There's a place for delegation. But don't run away and go and hide and say, no, you go ahead. Pastor Dennis was the pastor. He ran away. I'm not the man of God. Did you see that? He was hiding behind. No, no, no. I was only transferred here. Instead, he left it to his member of his church, Adam, to be the man of God. And Adam stood up for that. Yes, our pastor is a man of God. I can testify to that. That's why we won't, uh, we won't uh, punish those security guards that were punching him and dealing with him. <laughs> Hallelujah. It was looking so real. You know, I said, ah, this is pastor that they're... They are, they are flogging and they are parking on the ground. <laughs> Hallelujah. They really dramatized it very well. Well done, Brother Maxwell and Brother Isaac. God bless you. And Pastor did a fantastic job. God bless you. Now the next one is, you live with integrity. 
Okay? As a man of God, you have to live with integrity. What is right is right. What is wrong is wrong. Now, the challenges of your integrity, most times, are within your immediate circle. It's very easy for me to look outside somebody that is not part of my family or my circle of influence and say, this is wrong, this is right. But how about it's within your own sphere of influence? I can stand up and say, hey, brother over there, your drinking of alcohol is very, very bad. It's very, very terrible. You're not supposed to do that. It's wrong, and I'm advising you, I'm counseling against it. But then how about if that person happens to be your son? Then how do you stand for that? You stand up, and maybe you have a relative, a brother, a sister, an auntie. Oh, I'm going to go for a divorce in my family. And you take sides. And say, okay, yes, go ahead and do it. But instead of you to stand up and say, it's wrong. You cannot go along that line. The challenge to your integrity is usually within your circle. But one thing I will tell you, as a man of God, you have to stand up for what is right according to the Bible. No matter whose ox is God. Are we together? Are we together? Praise the Lord. With your children, you have to be able to say, hey, child, this is wrong. Now, that's also a very difficult thing. There will always be an excuse. Oh, you know the children of nowadays. Oh, this is the way the world is. And you start giving excuses for their wrong behavior. Parents, are you listening to me? Fathers, are you listening to me? We cannot adopt to the ways of the world. As a man of God, is wrong, is wrong. There's nothing like the ways of the world. You're different. They're called to be different. We were talking James in my house fellowship last week, and we had a very extensive discussion about this. Very, very interesting discussion. So your integrity matters. It matters. Are we together? Number six. A man of God knows his calling. <laughs> you have to know who you are before you can act that position. Are we together? If you do not know you're the man of God, how will you behave like a man of God? Have you ever seen an ambassador that will go and represent his king and he does not know that he's an ambassador? It cannot be thought of like that. You have to know who you are in Christ. You have to know what your calling is. Elijah said something in 2 Kings 1.12. So Elijah answered and said to them, If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. And the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him, consumed him and his 50. You have to know the position where God has placed you in your home. You might have disagreements with your spouse, with your children, with your external family. But you can stand up and say, yes, I'm representing God here. And I stand by it. You can go to the office, people that do not believe in Christ, people that do not believe in God, but you stand and say, hey, I'm a man of God in this working environment. And you decree, and you declare. So you have to know who you are. 
And I see a lot of situations, us men, we do not know who we are in Christ. Are we together? You have to be bold and know where you stand in Christ. It's when you know that, then you can declare and see what happens. Whatever situation you might find yourself. Are we together? Number seven. He's still man. <laughs> He's still man. So you're not God. You're still man. If you notice in the story I read, he never gave his name. That particular man of God, his name was not given. And I think it was deliberate to show that he's still man. Now, what am I trying to tell you? Don't think you're God. You're representing somebody else. You have to hear from God. You're representing somebody else. You're not perfect. You're a work in progress. I'm not perfect. I'm a work in progress. But I'm still man. So you cannot kill yourself if things go wrong. But if you're committed to do what is right, that's what matters. Now, quickly, I'll go about warnings for the man of God. It sounds a good title. MOG. Eh? It sounds like a rank now. They'll call it emoji, like uh, they're giving you a peep. And they say emoji. But with it comes a lot of responsibility and warnings. A man of God needs to obey everything God says. Danger. Disobedience. Have you ever thought, if Abraham had disobeyed God concerning Isaac, where would you be today? Well, he did. I had Ishmael. And we know where we are today. Are we together? But you have to obey everything God says. And I'll read a part of that passage about this particular man of God that we're talking about that delivered a message. I'll go to verse 11 to 26 and I'll read it quickly. Please, just follow me. 1 Kings 13, 11 to 26. I just want to read to you for you to be able to understand the consequences. Now, an old prophet dwelt in Bethel. And his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done in that day in Bethel. They also told their father the words which he had spoken to the king. And the father said to him, which way did he go? For his sons had seen which way the man of God went who came from Judea. Then he said to his sons, saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him. And he rode on and went after the man of God and found him sitting under the oak. Then he said to him, are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said to him, come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I cannot return with you, nor go in with you. Neither can I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. For I have been told by the word of the Lord, you shall not eat bread, nor drink water there, nor return the way by where you came forth. He said to him, I too am a prophet, as you. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with you to your house, that he may eat bread and drink water. He was lying to him. So he went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. God told him something. Someone else told him something. And he believed him because he disguised as also a man of God. But did he ever hear from God to go and eat? No. And I'll fast forward because I don't have time. And he says, 
Thus says the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the commandment which the Lord your God commanded you, but you came back, ate, and drank water in the place of which the Lord said to you, eat no bread and drink no water. Your corpse shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. So it was after he had eaten and after he had drunk that he started donkey for him. The prophet whom I brought back, when he was gone, a lion met him on the road and killed him. Imagine this. He delivered a beautiful message to Jeroboam. But his end was tragic. What, did he, what was his crime? He ate and drank when God asked him not to do that. Are we together? So as heads in your home, you have to be very wary about obeying what God has asked you to do. Concerning your children, they might not like it. Concerning your spouse, concerning your job environment, you might, they might not like what you're saying or your stand you're taking. But it's from God, you have to obey God. Am I talking to someone? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Number two, never disobey the man of God. You deliver a message, or a message comes to you, don't disobey. Even as us, we are, we hear messages from the pulpit. And if God is giving that message to you and he speaks to your heart, make sure you do not disobey it. Number three, never raise your hand or tongue against the man of God. We read in that past, what did King Jeroboam do? Arrest him, was the word, isn't it? And what happened to his hand? It withered. It withered. And then he entreated the man of God who prayed and then the hand came back. Sisters, I'll put a warning here. Warning. In as much as your husbands are there, don't raise your tongue and your hand against your spouses. Don't. If God has placed him there for a reason, don't raise your tongue or hand against him. Children, as God has placed you under your parents, don't raise your tongue and hand against your parents. No matter how much you think you're more intelligent, intelligent than them or how modern you are. This is the warning. See, obey your parents so that you may, your lives may be long, isn't it? Regardless of what you have attained educationally, there's hierarchy in the kingdom of God. And as God has placed a man in your home, you need to listen. Don't allow your hand to be withered. Because that withering comes in various forms. It can come in various forms. And for those that have not repented, I've seen it up to death. I've seen it. You can see Jeroboam. Jeroboam was smart. He said, please, entreat your role that my hand will come back. If he hadn't, he would have died. But he still died anyways later on. But there and there he could have died. So it's a warning. I mentioned responsibility for the man first of all. But I'm also mentioning the warning. Even your leaders, sometimes not everything that your leaders you say that they'll be happy, but then you have to go with it. 
Am I correct? Because God has put them there. Now, this is the Old Testament. Now we're going to move to the new age, man of God. <laughs> the new age, yeah? What am I talking about the new age? When you say the new age, I'm talking of from the New Testament to date. We spoke about the Old Testament and we brought out the extract from it. In the New Testament, the man of God is only mentioned in one, one major passage in the New Testament concerning Timothy. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That was the passage in the New Testament that I mentioned the man of God. And it was referring to who? Timothy. And he was referring to the word of God. From this passage, we can conclude certain things. The man of God is perfected by the word of God. That's number one. Okay? Is perfected by the word of God. Because all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Number two, the perfected, okay? After being perfected by the word of God, understand this. After being perfected by the word of God, that means you must have eaten the word of God, you must have understood the word of God. After being perfected by the word of God, the man of God is to proclaim the word of God. Profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. As fathers, we need to proclaim this word. As preachers, as teachers, as husbands, that's the requirement. You saw Adam in the skit. A true man of God, he was needed to proclaim the word of God regardless of the circumstances. He said, death, I will still proclaim the word of God. Whether I'm alive or not, I'm going to proclaim the word of God. Are we together? So that's what it perfected by the word of God. After perfection by the word of God, you need to proclaim it. And we have been perfected. We have had a lot of teaching here. We have gone through a lot. But where is the proclamation of the word of God? That's what's missing in the bread of life. And the men, we have to drive that. It's not sisters alone. We have to drive that. Number three, we can also conclude that we need to bear that title in some form of consistency or character every day. If you're an ambassador, there's a way you carry yourself. If you're a man of God, there's a way you carry yourself. Are we together? It's very easy for you to see someone that's a man of God or because of the way he carries himself. I'm not talking of uh, the uh, carrying the Bible and walking like that. No, 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 no. Far from it. I'll give you some clues. How you identify a man of God. One, a man of God is characterized by what he flees from. As a man, what do you flee from? What do you run away from? Two, what does he follow? A man of God is characterized by what he follows. Does he follow the things of God? 
I can carry my Bible. But if I'm not running away from sin, no. I can carry my Bible, but I don't follow through. Three, a man of God is also characterized by what he fights for. Sister June said something about Brother Cedric. Very humble man. But I'm sure tomorrow they go out and somebody slaps Sister June. I'm sure you'll see the other side of Brother Cedric that you have never seen before. Praise the Lord. As humble as he is, as quiet as he is, I'm sure he'll rise up to the occasion. Am I correct? And that's, for, that's a natural instinct in every man. And that it should be the same thing when it comes to kingdom things. What do we fight for? That's the characteristic of a man of God. Not the one that carried the Bible. He met the guards and then he ran off. I'm only transferred here. I'm going, I'm off. When the going was tough, he ran away. What do you fight for? Do you fight for your children if they're going the wrong way? You sit down with them, you continue fighting for it. With your spouse, if you're going the wrong way or, or something's going wrong, do you stand up in the place of prayer and fight to the end? We cannot do halfway. And say, I've done my best, I've gone. It's to the end. Those are characteristics that you know that somebody is a man of God. Not because he has been ordained. Four. A man of God is characterized to what he's faithful to. What are you faithful to? Faithful to your wife? Are you faithful to the job you have been given to do? Sometimes as men, we have things that we call our own... Uh, our own small uh, toys, will I put it? Some are like clothing. Uh, you see, they bear so much faith to the clothing. Some might be electronics. Okay? Some might even be cars. Some can even be shoes. People can have different things. Some of them can be even their wives or their spouses. But is he faithful to what God has entrusted into him? His ministry, his home, to the word of God, is he faithful? In his finances, is he faithful to giving to what God has asked him to give? Are we together? Praise the Lord. So I've just summarized what a man of God is. I've given the characteristics of what a man of God is. I've given the new age man of God. And he shows me the word. He has to indwell himself. In the world. He has to submerge himself in the world. Man, if we have not been immersed in the word, we need to get immersed in the word. We need to proclaim the word. And I've given you a measure. Now, I'm going to conclude. Okay? Because uh, we have a song that all men are going to sing. And my conclusion 
is found in Ecclesiastics. Chapter 12. 13 to 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. The conclusion of the whole matter today. What is it? That's what the Bible is saying. The conclusion is, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. But the Lord is smiling at me. We met, we met with the NG4C yesterday, and I did not know, he did not know this was the message that was coming. And the topic was, fear God. That's the conclusion of the matter. As a man of God, you fear God and keep his commandments. For that is man's all. There's a lot in fearing God. And his commandments is the word. If I've spoken about anything, if you do not pick anything, pick that. Every day, every man is to be a man of God. Every day, today, tomorrow, every man is to be a man of God. And with that, I will ask all the men to come to the stage. And we have a special song that we're going to minister to you. Hallelujah. All men, come to the stage. Hallelujah. If you're a man, I want you on stage. If anybody I see there, you're qualifying not to be a man. Whether you know the song or not, please come on stage. Hallelujah. Wow, I didn't know what this word, I didn't know what this plenty. Hallelujah. Praise, praise. Praise. Hallelujah. So, sisters, I want you to just sit down. Enjoy the ministration. Don't worry, I'm not the one singing. So, your eardrums will be saved. Praise. I'll hand over to Brother Kive. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise, praise, praise. Check, check. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, church. The last uh, praise, 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 the last praise, page of Pastor's slide, Brother Emmanuel's slide, praise, says every day, every man every should be a man of God. There's something else that happens every day. The goodness of God. There's something else that happens every day. Hallelujah. We need to rejoice in the God of our salvation. Amen. So just join us as we continue in the attitude of thanksgiving and praise God together. Amen. Every day I'll sing of your steadfast love. And mercy. 
Of God's love, the depths of your love is unsearchable. Let me hear you, man. Oh, of your grace, the exceeding riches of your grace is beyond compare. The depths of your love, the depths of your love is unsearchable. Let's ring it out. Oh Lord, great is your faithfulness. Testimonies are sure. 
faithful indeed. Here we are as an excellent man of bread of life. God taught us the lessons. We are faithful in our lives, in our families, in a church, in a working place. Let the world see and say, here are the man of God. Here the man of God. Here, the man of God of the Bread of Life Fellowship. It is not only we say, let God say, here are the faithful servants of God. Amen? It is a great joy. It is a very remarkable day in our lives because Today is the 52nd National Day of this country. And we will remember this day. 
It is not only today, every day. Amen? Let's close our eyes. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for this excellent day. Lord, it is you who made this day for us. That it is you who made this service made by or prepared and presented by the excellent men of the Bread of Life Fellowship. Thank you for the gifts, the talents which we are blessed with. The gifts, the different gifts given to us, Lord, to edify one another, to edify the church, Lord, for us to grow in all your grace. Without you, it is not possible. With you, all things are possible. Lord, we present every man of the Bread of Life Fellowship who is standing here. Lord, we sanctify them in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, you sprinkle the blood of Jesus upon every one of them. Let every one of them be always called the men of God in their houses, in their families, in their working place, wherever they go, let them be found as a man of God. Lord, let heaven rejoice today. Father, always help us to walk with you. As we have learned from your word, yes, Lord, help us to hear your word all the days of our life. Help us to obey your word and fear you all the days of our life. Yes, Lord, it is you who helps us to deliver your word to everyone, especially from stars from our homes of Father. Lord, to lead our children to obey you and to fear you. Lord, help us to live a life the integrated life, Lord, in our working place. Let the people, the working place, identify and acknowledge that we are the faithful people in the working place. Lord, it is you who calls us. Help us to remain with you all the days of our life so that we will stand as a living testimony every day of our life. Thank you once again, O oh Father, for this wonderful service. Thank you for the core group members of the excellent men. Thank you for every brethren who spend their time, dedicated that time, sacrifice that time, Lord, to present something to learn today. We are not only just the hearers or just the learners. But we are, as a church, Lord, to follow what we learn today. Thank you for accepting our prayers. In the mighty and the wonderful name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, we offer this prayer. Put our hands together for our Lord Jesus Christ. Let the name of the Lord be glorified. Thank you, brethren. Thank you, Pastor. Men, you can go back to your places as we share the grace.
Indeed, today it was such a wonderful service. I believe that all of us have been blessed. And uh, God has once again shown us through his holy word and through his servant what we as men ought to be, true men of God. And Pastor Abraham has also already expounded on that. I don't want to add anything further to what it already is there. But the word of God also says, for we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a people set forth apart to show forth his glory, to sing his praises. So let us be those men as what we have just heard today. Not only in our homes, not only in our church, but also in our places of work and in our society at large. So truly when people see us and our lives, that they would say truly, these people are separated, or people set apart, that we might be able to bring in others to the knowledge and saving knowledge of Christ. To God be all the glory. Let us share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Have refreshment uh, outside, please. Take the refreshment and let us exit from the left side, please.